Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm Jess. Also known as Sporty Spice, and I'm Regan, and this is You Pick, We Watch, the podcast where you pick the movie and we take a deep dive into it, learning everything we can about your recommendation. Today, we're talking about the 2001 film, Josie and the Pussycats. I can't remember what Spice Girl's name we came up with you for, so. (laughs) For the best. Yeah, that is for the best. (laughs) Although we could make up new names for this week. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so before we get into Josie and the Pussycats, another music-themed movie, um, I got I got bombarded with trailers on Facebook today. Like, it's like I I commented on one, and all of a sudden I got like a hundred new trailers popping up. So the first one I saw was it's a new action movie. It, most of these are all on Netflix. Too, by the way um actually i think all of these all of these will be on netflix um new action movie from one of the producers of atomic blonde which everyone knows how much i love atomic blonde um it's called kate have you seen this or heard of it no this is news to me okay it stars uh mary elizabeth winstead who played huntress in birds of prey love it already um and it's like straight up action it it looks like john wick meets atomic blonde i so, dig it i like yeah it. it um it looks like she's an assassin she gets poisoned she has like 14 hours to live and has to go on a rampage <laughs> so <laughs> i i love it when movie descriptions end with and has to go on a rampage yeah like who's just gonna roll over like i got 14 hours well i guess i'm just gonna die no i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take out half the world <laughs> um only have 14 hours left to live better watch <laughs> snyder cut twice yeah <laughs> <laughs> um actually speaking of Zack snyder we have his trailer for his prequel to army of the dead called army of thieves um that one stars the locksmith guy from army of debt of the dead um but it takes place before not before the outbreak but before they go into las vegas so that's kind of zack snyder's been pretty busy yeah i was gonna say that's (laughs) didn't army of the dead just come out like a few months ago yeah, but they were already done filming. That one that one was filmed before COVID. Gotcha. So like he was already done with that and everything. They just had to redo um take Nataro. Like they added her in after and like took out the guy that was in that role. Um that's some really good trivia actually. Um Chenty brought that up on Discord in that movie. So Nice. Um Another one we've talked about before, um, he, the trailer for He's All That came out. I don't know if you might not have been old enough because it came out like 99. But speaking of Rachel Lee Cook, who's in Josie and the Pussycats, she was in a movie called She's All That uh, back in the day. Did you ever like, do you know about that movie? I want to say yes, but refresh my memory. All right. Um, basically... <laughs> 
it's one of those tropes where uh, Freddie Prince Jr. is like popular, and they bet him to take the ugly girl to prom or make her prom queen or something, and it's oh. Rachel Lee Cook. And she's not ugly. She just has glasses and a ponytail. Yeah, uh, yeah that's. <laughs> yeah, they do that in like uh, what? Not another teen movie. Yeah, I think yeah. they just take her glasses off and put her hair down, and they're like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, I love it. Um. So the trailer for, uh, basically a sequel, I guess, or a reboot for He's All That uh, came out, and it definitely a product of his time it's about like an influencer in high school um same thing except it's a girl and they're making she's gonna she takes on a bet to make this guy prom king and rachel lee cook and matthew lillard are both in it so it's like almost a sequel but a reboot as well um but i don't know i don't think it'll be good but i might just watch it just to you know see Gotcha. Premise doesn't sound great. I'll just say that right now. The original yeah. one <laughs> never sounded great to me, so I'll probably be skipping that. It was definitely the original one was definitely a product of its time as well. Um, you know, all those teen movies from like ninety nine to two thousand one, American oh. Pie, She's All That. Um, what's the other one? You know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, throw that, a rock that era. In, the, in the late yeah. 90s, early 2000s, you'll hit a teen movie. Yeah, exactly. That's why they made a whole spoof movie about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the last one, which I just texted you about, um, well, like, tagged you in, Blade Runner Black Lotus. Yeah. Um, so tell me, tell me what that is, because I'm not going to be watching it. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a Adult Swim series, um, and it's going to be sort of an anime, but I think it's like CGI instead of like hand drawn stuff. Um, I don't really know too much about it. All I know is it's by the same director who's done Cowboy Bebop. Samurai Shampoo and a bunch of other cool stuff that I've really liked. So I'll be checking that out, and we'll see. If well, it's you'll good. have to let us know because I'm not. <laughs> Fair enough. That's <laughs> I think I can handle that. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, a ton of new stuff is coming. August is a huge month for movies. Uh, I'm going to see Suicide Squad tomorrow, nice. so. I'll be able to talk about that next week. I've been um, waiting for that for so long and somehow forgot it came. <laughs> it was coming out this weekend, so I'll be in the woods camping, but I'll see it this week. You're always in the woods camping. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the trees. Um, and what else was there? Uh, oh, Free Guy. Free Guy came out, Ryan Reynolds movie. Ooh. Um, there's the um, Aretha Franklin biopic that is coming out either this week or next week. I don't know if you've seen that. It's a uh, Jennifer Hudson plays Aretha Fra- Fra- uh, Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. It's called Respect. Looks amazing. I'm gonna be seeing that. Um, there's another biopic for the Serena. 
and Venus Williams sisters with Will Smith. Um, yeah. I think I tagged you and Matt in that trailer. Yeah, that looks. I I gotta say, it feels like Will Smith is really trying. You know, like mm-hmm. I I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want this to detract from the movies he does, but I feel like a lot of the time he's playing himself, and I love that, you know? I will go to see a movie because Will Smith's in it, but I feel like he's really, you know, going for something with this one. Yeah, I'm excited to see him in a drama role again, like a true drama role. Yeah. I think it'll be good. So there's a lot of good stuff. It's a good time to be a movie fan. Um maybe we won't say the same thing about Josie and the Pussycats about how excited we were, but I mean, I was excited to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this movie is filled with more product placement than I think any other movie. Um, there's and, a little bit of trivia on it. And let's not... It, it's not that there's like a lot of it in the movie. There's a ton that is specifically in your face. Like it made mm-hmm. me think of Wayne's World. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, name some that come off the top of your head right now after just watching it. Target. I think like yep. <laughs> Target Don- was the first one in my head too. <laughs> Target, Krispy Kreme, Starbucks. Um there was even a lot of stuff in there that I I've never seen like TJ Maxx as product placement in a movie before. Yeah, that was that was interesting. I think like Dawn soap. <laughs> yep. Um, Tide. Uh, the one that got me America Online, which doesn't even oh, exist anymore. That's they right. They were in an America Working... Online hotel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, oh. Penny. Oh. Page. Penny's too little to make sounds like that. Yeah, you'd think that. She, <laughs> she's she got a very bassy growl. <laughs> um, so has there ever been uh, a commercial or a product placement in a movie or something that like really made you want to buy that product? Um, it, funny you should ask that. So... I, I just remember being a, a a wee lad of maybe 13, and I'll, for some reason, have never forgotten this, but I saw, like, a L'Oreal Kids, like, shampoo commercial, and this, like, this little boy used it on his hand, and a girl kissed him, and I was like, oh, man, I want that to happen to me, maybe get some of that, and then I never followed through but eventually did get kissed. So that worked out in the end. Well, I'm glad you were kissed, finally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have three that stick out in my mind. And I don't know what that says about me, but... (laughs) but, um, So, like you said, young, as a kid watching Nickelodeon, I wanted a, a Huffy bike like no other because that was always the prize for winning like Nick Arcade or Double Dare. Like you always got a Huffy bike or Skechers. So like those ads, when they would like do them, I was like, man, I really want one of those. Um, 
growing up, like probably in my early 20s, the Axe body spray commercials, like anytime a dude would like spray them, that just women would like come out of the woodwork. And so I wore Axe for quite a long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, Jess, you want right. something? Yeah. Me, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then the one, the more more recent one is um, the Charlize Theron Dior commercials where she's like in that gold dress and it's like gold everything. And it's just like, like, She's just staring at the camera and the, it doesn't even have anything to do with perfume. It's just Charlie's there on in gold. And I'm like, I didn't ever have never worn women's perfume. I've never wanted to buy any, but every time I saw this commercial, I'm like, damn, I need to go buy some Dior. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. You can only have the response of like, wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Wow. Then, yeah. Wow. 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 <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, so definitely, I don't know if subliminal messaging is the thing, but there's uh, a, I mean, I guess they pay people good money in marketing to do these things. So, yeah, yeah, there's a reason huge paychecks to endorse stuff. Yep. Um, so basically what happens in this movie is a girl group finds themselves in the middle of a conspiracy to deliver subliminal messages through popular music. Um, again, pretty much spot on, kind of like last week's overview. Um, and the just how the people react to popular music in this movie, I think, is pretty much spot on for that time period because it's what 2001 and it's like Backstreet Boys in sync Britney it's so 2001 yeah and can I say that like the opening of this movie just it put the hugest smile on my face when DuJour <laughs> playing I got a lot of Backstreet Boys vibes from that and it was excellent that was <laughs> That's exactly that moment in time. Yeah. Uh, and we talk a lot about sometimes how movies, like when we watch like Slice of Life, I guess is more accurate, like movies, like how we said Superbad was very, what, 2006. And Spice World was very 1990s. Mm -hmm. This, I think, hit exactly the time period that it was made and you can go back and watch this and be like yeah that was actually happening yeah so yeah um, what so your initial reaction seeing that opening scene you loved what was upon finishing the movie what was your reaction of it as a whole without going into your like super review at the end <laughs> um i don't want to give that away yet. <laughs> I want okay. you to squirm a little more. Alright, alright. Um, I will say I love this movie. And it's the... My initial reaction to it years ago, like, I didn't know who Josie and the Pussycats were. I didn't know it was an Archie thing. I was just like, damn, this has good beats. Like, I'm excited. Let's see where this goes. 
So that's where I already was at going into this. <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, last week when we talked about Spice Girls and that one fact about Billie Eilish thinking that they were a made-up band, I yeah. thought, like, this was the opposite of, like, <laughs> I remember seeing some Josie and the Pussy, like, when I was way younger, and I was like, oh, they must have been a very popular band mm-hmm. that got all these things. And I was like, oh, <laughs> made up. Gotcha. Yep. Fool yep. me again. Uh, we don't know what's real or what's not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let's get into the cast because it's a very 2000s cast. It, it can't get much more than this. But, um, but let me ask you, is there yeah. anything that Rosario Dawson can't do? No, not at all. And this is like one of her early roles, too. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, she. The, the funny thing is, like, they're dubbed, obviously. Um, when they're singing but Rosario Dawson like went on like two years later two or three years later no four years later (laughs) to star in Rent like she's amazing and now she's in Star Wars and like she can do sexy action like in Sin City she's amazing yeah like I said nothing she can't do yeah and she's really the only one of these people other than like Alan Cumming and Parker Posey and um, that has an actual career right now still. Yeah. Um, so obviously got... she plays Valerie. Um, Alexander Martin, the guy who plays Les from DuJour. Yeah. So I, I don't know anything about him. What I do know is that he looks shockingly like someone I actually know in real life. <laughs> but it's not him. But he looks like it could be his younger brother. Like, that's how much it looks like him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Dujour is... Obviously, those guys aren't singing either. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my wife was in the living room during that beginning scene, and she goes, is that Seth Green? And she's like, oh... <laughs> And look, it's the guy from uh, Clueless. And she goes, oh, it's the other guy from Clueless. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Donald Faison, who everybody knows from Scrubs or Clueless. Uh, Seth Green, who everybody knows. I think everybody knew him from Austin Powers at that time. Mm-hmm. Really. Um, also, Can't Hardly Wait. Um, who the director of this movie is actually the or the directors of this movie is the direct are the directors of can't hardly wait so, oh. um so he took people from both movies uh Meyer, who a lot of people know from clueless but also um he was in this movie called rat race I don't know yeah. if you've ever seen that, but <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I love that movie, <laughs> and it's such a movie that like shouldn't work on paper, but it does. But uh, Seth Green's in that movie too, actually. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> God, what a movie! That's shouldn't work. It yeah, it seems like it would just come out as a mess, but no, no. Oh, it works so good. <laughs> Um, uh, 
Rachel Lee Cook, who was who plays Josie, it, this was her peak uh, time because, like we said earlier, she was in that movie. She's all that. Um, a lot of romantic comedies of the early two thousands, and then she kind of went on to do more voice work than actual acting. Um, yeah, I was gonna say I don't actually recognize her from anything. At yeah, least that I've seen. You're a little too young, I think, to really recognize her from the time period. <laughs> I haven't been told that in a long time. <laughs> so, yeah, because what, in 2000, you weren't even... I was 11 when this movie yeah, came out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... <laughs> Point taken. Yeah. <laughs> I probably doubt that 11-year-old boy Regan was uh, into romantic comedies. <laughs> You got me there. But she did look like every woman I had a crush on in the 2000s. Yeah. Yeah, she's got that look. Um, Tara Reid uh, was also huge in the early 2000s, but for very different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> she had a little bit of trouble with uh, the drugs and alcohol. Um, as you do. Yeah, as you do when you're young and famous. So I think like this movie to me makes me laugh in, when I think about her because she is she was so opposite of what this character was. Hmm. Um, and now she just does Sharknado movies. Yeah, <laughs> that's a fair assessment. <laughs> um, Alan Cumming, uh, who we talked about last week. I mean, is there anything this man can't do? I thought he was great in this role i again i'm gonna save my um speculation for when i give my thumbs but i i got a really big kick out of him as the manager yeah or producer or whoever he is <laughs> he's a former former documentary filmmaker turned <laughs> music producer <laughs> he sure is um Let's stop for a minute, though, and talk about, like, the scene in the movie where this would not happen today because this literally doesn't exist. Where he walks into, like, a Tower Records and, like, there's CDs, like, and they're playing music. When's the last time you have seen a CD store? Yeah, that's a good point. And I don't even know if Tower Records, like, the actual stores still exist. Also a good point. (laughs) It's crazy that like that moment of time like do you remember going to like uh, like FYE exists but they're lame (laughs) so but like an actual CD store where you would they would have the headphones and you would like pick listen to like popular music or like stuff that was new do you remember that or are you too young um (laughs) uh, that might have been a little before my time yeah I remember doing that and I thought it was amazing (laughs) Um, Gabriel Mann plays Alan M, the boyfriend, or the boy interest, I should say. Um, he's done a lot of TV now, not so much movies, but he was like in Ray Donovan, uh, Batwoman. He's one of those faces, too. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say, I didn't recognize him from anything, but maybe I'm just not at that part in Ray Donovan yet. Um, he was also in, I think, Mad Men for a hot minute. 
a lot of sh- a lot of series he's only in for a little bit but i think ray donovan was like the biggest one i could think of or uh, the biggest one i saw okay um i was surprised to see aries spears in here because <laughs> it was funny because it was about that time in the yeah. early 2000s when i saw a, like one of his stand-up specials on comedy central and also like in in the du jour fan crowd in the beginning the kid that's the boy who's like talking about how like he loves them like brothers and he wants to do all this stuff i was like <laughs> i was like that looks like a really young justin chatwin and then i just kind of dismissed it like ah, it probably just looks like him but yeah no that's him actually yeah he's, uh, been in stuff but i don't think anything i'd recognize he's... other than shameless yeah he's jimmy steve and shameless jimmy and steve. i hated i hated jimmy steve i hated that character so much in shameless like I... I don't even understand how much I hated him. I he well, yeah, you kind of love to hate him in that show. Like he's someone you want to root for, but you just can't bring yourself to. No, I never wanted to root for oh. him. <laughs> never. That first episode where he was like, the first episode of Shameless, where he's like, they do their stuff that night, and then he like wants to move in with her and wants her to leave her family and. He's been lying. No, no, that's a terrible character. <laughs> you know, now that you bring it up, doesn't sound super great. I forgot that the first episode of that aired over a decade ago. Yeah, um, I still have the last season to watch because it's not on anything yet. So, uh, but that's a, it's a good show, but that character is terrible. <laughs> um, and really, the last person that I want to talk about is uh, Parker Posey who is Fiona and she plays like she's been in a ton of stuff but uh, mostly from the 90s and the early 2000s and she does a lot of stuff with Eugene uh, Levy um, Hmm. and that group of people um, like Best in Show Hmm. um, just like you know how there are groups of people that do a lot of work together they have their own like thing so uh, and Jane Lynch is part of that group too. So it's she's really good. I think she's really hilarious in a lot of stuff that she does. So if you want to see a very good Jane Lynch like role, check out the later seasons of what is it, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She does such like a such a I don't know, a Jane Lynch performance like I didn't expect, you know, like she's always usually very kind of out there and funny and she's so put together in that show and so like unlike the roles I'm I'm used to seeing her in. Yeah, that's the one show I want Prime for. Mm. Cuz I don't have Prime and I've always wanted to watch that, but it's okay. I like Jane Lynch and Glee. <laughs> I sorry, I was thinking of role models for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So yeah, this movie has a ton of people in it. I mean, we didn't even mention Carson Daly and the guy that plays Senator Kelly is always in stuff. Um but yeah, it's there's a pretty good cast. So um we can move on to 
trivia, but obviously this movie wasn't winning like any real awards. <laughs> but it did win, or it was nominated for Best Sound Editing at the Motion Picture Sound Editors uh, Award Ceremony. I didn't even know they had that. <laughs> um, Phoenix really liked it because it won. It was nominated for Best Original Song, uh, Three Small Words, for the Phoenix Film Critics Society Awards. And then the Teen Choice Awards was nominated for uh, Choice Comedy, Choice Actress, Rachel Lee Cook, and Choice Breakout Performance, Rosario Dawson. Right on. Yeah. I like that they were nominated for stuff. That's just nice. And no Razzie Awards, because usually we're used to seeing those. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny. A lot of the movies we watch are either nominated for Oscars or Razzies. There's almost no in between. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> that's how we like it. <laughs> Polarizing. Yep. All right. Well, you want to get into it? Yeah, let's go. So I one thing I really appreciated was the uh, the, the name of the boy band in the beginning, De Jour, which is French for of the day. So if you're having the soup de jour, that's just, you know, what's available that day. And that fits so well with how that band is treated and like <laughs> what the industry is portrayed as in, in this movie. Yeah. Um, literally like day to day. Like the, the, what I liked about that too is that they, when they talk about like what happens to all these pop stars and how they created a highly rated television show about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like that. They highlight the disposability of like pop bands in the industry and how, like as soon as they have a whiff of something that might be what they could turn into the next big thing, it's like the commodification begins immediately Mm -hmm. um i think that this is probably like the satire of this whole thing is fantastically done yeah i yeah that and how self-aware the movie is Mm -hmm. yeah um we talked about consumerism and product placement in this movie there are actually 73 companies who have product placements shown um a lot of it's in the background but some of it like we said is very like in your face and you can't miss it like target is right there almost all the time um, <laughs> i was just reminded of it the product placement was so like upfront and in your face it reminded me of idiocracy when like yes. child, child <laughs> surfaces brought to you by red robin like <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah that was hilarious um and it's how much do you oh it says um there was actually no money received for from all the product placements in the movie so like do you think because they never actually specifically said the names of these things because you don't hear like and you don't hear them saying 
I need stuff except for when the kids are like, "Hey, I I don't I don't want these Puma sweats. I need mm. or whatever sweats, you know." Yeah. Um. But they never actually say, "Go to Target or buy Tide," like things like that. I don't know, because there's there's a lot of product placement where it might just be like, you know, when you when you watch an episode of something and notice that every single Coca-Cola can is pointed perfectly at the camera so you can read at, you know, <laughs> any angle that they cut to, you can read the can. Yeah. So I, I don't know if they have to say it, but I I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why they got paid, didn't get paid for those. Yeah. Maybe Crazy. because it was a joke. Maybe. Interesting. We'll never uh, know. We'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Tara Reid, um, I guess her and Carson Daly actually started dating after meeting on set for his cameo in the movie and actually got engaged before ending their relationship in June of 2001, which is, I don't know, I guess around the time the movie actually came out. Yeah, it was a hot thing. Like, do you you probably don't remember Carson Daly and Tara Reid together, but like, I remember how big of a deal that was on MTV and like at the VMAs, like all when they were together, it was insane. And the funny, a funnier thing about this is that when they're in that cardboard cutout scene, like at T at fake TRL, mm-hmm. um. She picks up a Christina Aguilera cutout, and Carson Daly was actually linked to Christina Aguilera around the same time as well. Huh. And he like bashes it with a, a, a bat. baseball bat, yeah. And I think it's hilarious because there's a lot of that that stuff. Carson Daly was all over the map. He's not. He was not the Today Show host most people now know. Hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, something I thought was funny was uh, due to the level of profanity and adult themes the uh, in this movie, which honestly there's not a lot of either. But the family-friendly Archie comics, which published the original Josie and the Pussycat stories, actually denounced the film and discouraged people from seeing it. But many years later, the comics would not only be fine with, but promote the television series Riverdale based on their Archie stories, which fe- which actually features, I think, Josie and the Pussycats characters, which arguably has much darker adult themes in its stories than the movie ever did, which I don't know. You think that's just a change in times? Yeah, absolutely. It's so, so different now. Like it isn't it isn't because think about what a pg movie was in the 80s mostly because they didn't have pg-13 but like pg movies would scare the crap out of you back then yeah and you could also like swear in pg movies and i'm pretty sure i've seen titties in pg movies (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely I think that the bigger thing was that times have changed with people that read comic books and the comic book group, because all those people that were reading Archie back in the day are now, you know, almost 20 years older. I think that might have something to do with it. Um, Piggybacking off your, 
thing about how the comics like denounced it and stuff. They actually released a PG version on DVD originally. And I had to look at my, my DVD and I was like, when I read that, I was like, shit, am I watching a PG version of this movie? Cause I like hadn't heard any swearing and I couldn't really like pick out any like sensual themes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I looked at mine and I was like, no, I got, I have the PG 13 version. And I think most of that comes at the end at the, like the big climactic, like fight. Mm-hmm. Like there's like all the swearing I feel is like in that little area, except for the beginning when <laughs> melody is holding that sign. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great moment. It really was. So, um, I'm not going to repeat what's on that sign, mm-hmm. but it's strategically placed to read yeah. something. Yeah, no, honk if you love pussycats. And yeah. the only, you know, if that part of that sign gets obscured, it might seem like something else. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of that, too. Like, just strategic placement, wording, stuff like that. Absolutely. <laughs> There's actually a really great line um, that Ellen Cummings has when when they're looking at the gigantic billboard of Josie and the Pussycats and they're discussing how he renamed it from just the Pussycats to Josie and the Pussycats. It's a re- really funny uh, few lines, but he was uh, talking about you know how it sounds and he's listing off all these forms of, of media, you know, like, oh... Because it's named this way, uh, it sounds better. Wouldn't you want to read that in like a comic book or a cartoon? Or and I realized slowly <laughs> that he was naming off all the forms of Josie and the Pussycats that actually exist, like every media that has adapted a story of theirs. Nice, yeah, I like that. This, like you said, this movie's very self-aware. There's another line when uh, the twins, Alexandria and Alexander, are on the plane with them, and he's reading a book. And he looks at her and he goes, I still don't know why you're here. And she goes, because I was in the comics. <laughs> like, I love that line so much. Uh, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, and it's not like, like, if we haven't made, it's not like the whole world is like um, brainwashed with pop music because you find out that Metallica fans exist. So, so yeah. it's not like everybody is in this, but you see when Alan Cummings' character comes across somebody in the record store that's like a goth or whatever, and he's like, oh, let's talk. And he goes, smells like teen spirit. Like that's a reference to Kurt Cobain, who's so anti establishment. And then they take this anti establishment uh, person and put him in a van and like take him away and try to brainwash them. Like, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, there's a lot of little sly, I don't know, parts of dialogue or visual things that really... (sighs) This movie, I feel like, was smarter than it had to be. Mm -hmm. The writing in this movie was top-notch. Like, it was done so well in the delivery of a lot of these lines like it had no right being this good in my opinion 
And I think a lot of that has to do with Ellen Cumming as well, because mm-hmm. he's he's like the perfect kind of like slimy producer person, you know, yeah. telling uh, telling Josie that her boyfriend's show got canceled and he left a message for her. And when she's like, oh, yeah, I better go down there to the front desk and get it. And he's like, yeah, one second, pulls out his phone. <laughs> and like, yeah, <laughs> he's such a blatant scumbag that. I'm not sure many people other than him could have pulled a role like that off as perfectly as he did. Yeah. Even like the beginning when they're in, he's in the plane with Dujour <laughs> and he's like, take the Chevy to the levee. Like, and I knew that from American pie from the, <sighs> um, the song, but like how many people these days, if they were watching that movie, that's the thing. How many people from these days would watch this movie not being our age, like Billie Eilish, if she watched this movie, do you think she would get any of these references? Probably not. I mean, that everyone went over my head to begin with, but also <laughs> it took me a second to wrap my brain around what was happening in that scene because they both <laughs> dive out of the plane and just like ghost it into the ground. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't expect that. I could see that not knowing what's what happened, but that I forget that I've seen this like not forget that I've seen this movie, but like I know what's gonna happen in the movie, so like I know why he's jumping out, but I could totally <laughs> see somebody not knowing if they've never seen it, <laughs> like how it's supposed to be. <laughs> you know what else I uh, did not expect? I, yeah. I just pulled up. Uh, I googled Archie Comics really quick. Uh, guess when it was founded. Guess when Archie Comics was founded. I don't know when. 1939. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I didn't expect that. I thought that was from like I uh, 60s, maybe 70s. Yeah, I thought 60s. Because I remember reading, I remember going down to like the corner store and they would have Archie Comics in the little like where the magazines are. Like, I always remember seeing Archie comics, but Archie comics never really appealed to me. And the only Archie comics I've ever bought, they actually did an Archie and a Glee crossover in comic book form. Hmm. So obviously I had to buy it. But yeah, I was never. And then the only other like Archie references I know is from Chasing Amy when they're talking about Jughead and Archie. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, <laughs> um, obviously, they didn't really like play or sing, but they had to make it look somewhat real. Um, so Rachel Lee Cook, Rosario Dawson, and Tara Reed went to band camp only for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> to learn how to try to play these instruments um, and look somewhat realistic on camera. Um, and Tara Reed obviously had a um, thought it was funny because this one time at Bandcamp had been a running joke for a while now from American Pie. Hmm. Um, but they didn't become proficient to actually play. So the, the actual music was supplied by studio musicians and the Rachel Lee Cook's voice or singer, like the the singer that dubbed over her was the woman from Letters to Cleo, K- 
Cat something, and I think she did the songs for 10 Things I Hate About You, or Letters to Cleo was in 10 Things I Hate About You, I think. Huh. Don't fact check me on that. <laughs> we don't do that here, so. <laughs> yeah, I just Googled them because I've never, yeah, you're right, 10 Things I Hate About You. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. That was an right accidental fact, fact check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I've, I've never heard of these guys before, but I bet you if I started listening to songs of theirs, I'd, I'd, probably, I'd probably recognize them. It's like, it's very that time. It's um, pop, pop punk almost, I think. Um, like some of the songs and... It's it was like that not I don't know it was what Julia Stiles' character listened to I think in Ten Things I Hate About You so like against the grain type music. Gotcha. I feel like that never truly goes out of style. No. Anti. Uh, have you ever heard of Angels of Angels and Airways? Like Blink One Eighty Two's other band. Oh, uh, I don't think so. Oh, I was gonna say it's very similar to them, except the girl. Fair That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, a, a little more background on Josie and the Pussycats is um, oh, interesting. Okay, so this is a, a teen humor comic book about a fictional rock band created by Dan DiCarlo, and is published by Archie Comics. It was published from 1963 till 1982. And since then, one-shot issues have appeared on a regular basis. But uh, a second series set in the new Riverdale CW universe launched in 2016. So it was uh, the series was also adapted into Sunday morning uh, Sunday morning cartoon by Hanna Barbera in the 70s. Yeah, I remember that. I yeah. mean, not from the 70s, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Jess. Weren't you born in, like, 62? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I remember specifically part of why I thought they were a real band. Um, I, I think... Uh, was it, I think it was Scooby-Doo had a crossover with Josie and the Pussycats that I remember seeing on Cartoon Network at one point, and that was 100% why I thought they were a real band. Yeah, I could t- I could totally see a crossover with Scooby Doo. They both have vans. And <laughs> yeah, what other basis do you need? <laughs> do you have any more trivia? Um, I think that is about it for me. Um, one other thing, just something that's like kind of um, Alan Cumming says how lucky they are to well to be able to go back to their 10 year reunion as huge successes because 3 years earlier he was in Rami and Michelle's high school reunion which I've never seen and I really want to see it I've always said I want to see it I didn't even know he was in it um but his character in that movie was the greatest success at their 10 year reunion and they huh. and most likely he put it in himself as he's like referencing things so <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, I just have, yeah, I just have the box office stuff and the uh, money most. Three. 
All right. So, sorry. <laughs> Technical difficulties. That's okay. Um, I have, I just have the box office stuff left. So, the budget for this was $39 million, um, which I think it's that's pretty high for a comedy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it only grossed it's so sad. It only grossed $14 million and opening weekend was only $4.5 million. Oof. Yeah. It's so sad because it deserves better than that. So Yeah, and it's kind of hard to I don't know, really appreciate a movie like this when it just comes out, in my opinion, kind of like with Spice World, like a decade or two afterwards, people rewatch it and they're like, oh, you know what? This was a lot better than what I thought. Yeah. Um, so this released on April 11th, 2001. And Spy Kids came out that same time period. And that was number one for three weeks in a row, which is kind of crazy. Hmm. Um, then Bridget Jones's Diary obviously became a huge hit. And The Mummy Returns, and then Shrek, and then Pearl Harbor. So, (laughs) (laughs) it was a pretty solid April, May, and June at the box office. Um, Also, the first Laura Croft, um, the first Fast and Furious, the first... Actually, I don't even know how to... Planet of One of the Planet of the Apes came out in July. Oh, yeah. The Marky Mark one. Yeah. Um, And then American Pie 2 in August. Monsters Eat, Inc. um, And Harry Potter came out. So, and then Lord of the Rings. So, it was a, it's a pretty huge year. This just couldn't uh, compete with uh, the year it came out. So, um, and yeah, that that kind of sucks. But um, oh, you know what else happened? Was it? Oh no, that was two years before. I was gonna say, you know what else happened? Like five days later, but <laughs> that was in '99, so we won't talk about it. <laughs> um, yeah. So now we've reached the part that I'm most excited for for today. Uh, part of the podcast where we give our final thoughts, and you find out whether we give this movie two thumbs up two thumbs down or anything in between um do you want me to go first or do you want to go first do you want to make me wait as long as possible (laughs) no i don't mind going first all right so um yeah i i was not even aware of this particular movie um its existence until recently and um i wasn't really sure of what it was going to be like or how i'd kind of take it as a viewing for the first time, but um, I'll just say I really enjoyed this. <laughs> I, <laughs> I loved the cast. Um, it was like just grounded enough to kind of balance out the more ridiculous parts of the movie. Uh, it's got great visual humor and like really sharp dialogue. Um, it's a really good satire of like product placement and the corporate control of the at least pop like music industry 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd just describe it as a lot of fun. You know, it's I'm pretty sure this movie would have like hit me differently like a decade ago or when it originally came out because I just kind of wasn't into that type of movie. But I really enjoyed this and I can't stress that part enough. Like the if this was a real band, like just based on the soundtrack, I'd listen to them. Nice. They yeah, they pull off a lot of stuff really well in the movie. Um, It kind of gives me vibes of they live a little bit. (laughs) Nice. Sunglasses and some yeah. little messaging. Um, yeah. If you're just looking for a good time and want to watch a movie that's set in the early 2000s around, you know, an area of time that gives you a lot of nostalgia, this is a perfect choice to watch. Um, I would give it two thumbs up. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm so happy right now <laughs> i'm so excited that you did that it's um, it's a movie that i don't know if it would be for everyone but i the amount of enjoyment i got out of watching this i couldn't give it anything else yeah i i think yeah i think you you've said pretty much everything um that's on my mind this movie does so much right um it hits the nail on the head like this again, is a perfect timepiece of the early 2000s. Um, This is my time, and it is everything, everything that I remember growing up, it, like, hits in this. Like, watching them watch the stream on AOL and how horrible the, like, the stream is, it, I remember downloading stuff and trying to watch things in 2001 and because that's on dial-up that's not dsl man or like cable (laughs) that's like dial-up internet um everything about that is just fun it breaks the fourth wall at like perfect times so when he when alan cummings character holds up the blank (laughs) jewel cd case and they're walking by with number one band and he like winks at the camera. Like that's perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, it's fun. It's upbeat. It's positive. It's a really positive message on like friendship, friendship versus fame. Um, being there for the people that were there for you before. Um, and it has like the most kicking soundtrack. Like I've owned this soundtrack on CD for, since this probably came out so almost 20 years i've probably had it on cd Hmm. um another cool like little thing is if you watch the twins alexander and alexandria they change like throughout the whole movie their outfits and it's because they're so susceptible to like the subliminal messaging in all the music so like they start the movie in orange when you know that orange is a new pink or whatever. And then like they slowly change. And then at the end, how Alexander's like, what have I been doing with my life? Um, I think that's kind of cool. Um, and it's just, it's just a great message to be who we, be great the way you are and be who you are. Um, so I, I'm going to get, I would always obviously give it two thumbs up because it, doesn't take itself too seriously it's a great message and it's a fun a fun ride like he 
that whole conversation when he's doing when Alan M's like my truck broke and he's like would you tell somebody if you had something to say and she's like yeah tell him and he's like this guy at work he just reeks like <laughs> how much real can you get you know so mm-hmm. it's so much fun so yeah two thumbs up absolutely but I agree with you that it's probably not for everybody um but it's worth a shot if you like uh, satire. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd go so far as to say that someone who likes Spice World would probably also enjoy this. Absolutely. That's why we did them back to back. We don't normally do that. Um, but the music plays a really large role in this movie as well. And it's so catchy. It is so, like, three small words. It's so catchy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so yeah, awesome. Highly recommended by both of us. Um, we did get a couple recommendations this week. And get over to Discord. Um, so we, we last week, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but we were talking about Waterworld, I think. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, Chenty said that he ordered it, uh, or they ordered it on 4K Blu-ray. <laughs> um, and that there was a lot of cool trivia. Um, something that he said, too, that the entire outdoor floating set got sunk twice by hurricanes. and They had to rebuild it. So I was like, oh, I have to watch that. So we're going to add Waterworld to the list because that'll force me to buy it and watch it because obviously I've been failing. So, um, and then Matt B said, in honor of the summer, I would like to, I would like wet, hot American summer added to the list. So. Oh yeah. I think those are perfect movies to add to the list. Cause I know for a fact that there's really great trivia for both of them. Yeah. And I, uh, I have not been having a hot American summer. It's been weirdly like cool where i am right now so i would like to watch people being warmer than myself you can come back over here um because it is like 86 degrees today (laughs) oh nice (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah that'll be fun so we've added those there um let's see all right that looks like about it so we can spin the wheel and i really hope that we get a manly movie (laughs) <laughs> for your sake this week <laughs> <laughs> all right so here we go it'd be kind of fun if Waterworld got picked up right away but maybe sky captain in the world of tomorrow oh okay so the warriors oh, oh. how much more manly can you get <laughs> <laughs> that's swinging right in the other direction yeah yeah, we're going to go a complete 180 degrees. Um, that's exciting. I, I only know that like famous line from it. So Yeah, so I caught part of it on TV again. As you do. As, as I happen <laughs> to do for almost every movie we've had. So yeah, that's exciting. That's very exciting. Sweet. Um, I think that'll do it for us this week. And look at us two weeks in a row 
for the first time this summer. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> um. So yeah, let's. Uh, you can take us out. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Next week, we're going to discuss the Warriors. Remember, you can help select the next movie that goes on our list by emailing the podcast at youpickwewatch at gmail.com. You can also message us through Facebook, Twitter, or Discord at youpickwewatch. Um, I'm Regan. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at author Regan Brooks. And I'm Jess. You can find me on Twitter at RadmanMal. Um, also on the youpickwewatch Twitter and in the Discord and on the facebook (laughs) and i just want to say thank you to i think we had three or four like new people in the uh follow the facebook page so that's awesome um i posted the link to discord again in there so make sure you get into the discord because it's a lot of fun um and yeah we just want to keep bringing you some chill content um, we appreciate everybody that's done reviews on Apple and is listening. So we have a fun time and it takes us out of our everyday life and makes us watch movies that we would never normally watch. So we thank Thanks. all you guys. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for expanding our horizons. Yeah. And if it wasn't for you, we would just keep watching the same things over and over again. So exactly all right guys uh we appreciate it and we'll leave you with well, i was gonna say we'll leave you with three small words but i don't have three small words that would make sense right now <laughs> oh oh i'm uh, out no. <laughs> regan we'll leave you with three small words buy our merchandise more more so uh, more subliminal Bru- messaging in there brought to you by carl's jr yeah, <laughs> I brought to you by <laughs> Carl's Jr. That's right. We will uh, be opening a merch store that sells nothing but is open for donations. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just made that up. There we go. <laughs> um, and we'll get Mr. Movie Phone to uh, put a little sound clip somewhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you next week.